Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? everybody welcome to a special episode of the live better sell better podcast this is your host kevin dorsey aka kd and today we're actually having a recap let's be honest not everyone's got time to go do every 45 minute episode so we're bringing the best of the best into this episode only here live better sell better podcast it also makes people better when they have to think and so the cream rises to the top sort of and i think people in our organization that thrive begin to do that's how i i know when somebody's going to be a long-term person and i know when i'm like really impressed by them is the first day somebody says you know the the system um was gonna send a follow-up and handle it this way and move it to this stage but i decided i decided i should do this instead and that's when like my ears perk up and i'm like okay there's a future here because there's still a, you know, there's a human side of it. And that's a connection that you just made to that person. You identified how they might feel about something and you adjusted your behavior accordingly. And guess what? The machine still can't do that. When I first got into coaching, um, I did not, like I mentioned to you before we started recording, I did not seek out to do this. I was a 20 year corporate guy, rep, executive leader. And then when I left to write my book, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And when I was, when I was, I had a relationship with this individual through, through my time at my previous employer to then into my entrepreneurial world, still not quite known. And it was exactly at that point, she was about to hire a coach. And I started asking questions why. I was like, well, tell me why you're, what are you looking for? Well, we're looking for this and this and this. And in my mind, I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just close it right there? And so I, I got off the phone, didn't, because it wasn't clear yet. I didn't have clarity that I was going to be doing this. And then I had that this conversation with this gentleman up in Toronto and he gave me the, the, the best punch in the face ever when he gave me the advice of I was I was asking him if I should get into coaching and, and I wasn't sure if I should or shouldn't because I wasn't certified and he looked at me and said Casey you've done all these things get out of my mother effing face and go help people you wrote a book about it go and right when he told me that I picked up the phone I called the person back who I was just talking to and I said I'm your coach hire me and here's why I spent 20 years in the industry you're selling to. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to coach you or teach your reps based on what I think you should do. I'm going to coach them on what I've failed at and what I've personally succeeded at. I'm not making this stuff up. And so for me, I had all the passion, all the belief because I know I could solve those problems because I've sat in her pain. I've lived that. And I, and I, and I, was, and I had nothing to lose, right? 
I'd rather, I'd rather me try to take a swing at it because one, I believe in what I do matters. Two, I know what I could help her. But of all those things I did along the way to get her to at least feel comfortable sharing with me what she's looking to do. And she's like, you're right, why wouldn't I hire you? And that was my first, first client. It just starts with an awareness and a commitment to get educated. And I think if you're, you know, if you have a willingness to do that and open your heart and open your mind um, to people who are different than you, then um, we're, we have the ability to change the world, right? Um, and it, it doesn't only relate to girls, you know, to girls in sales, right? I mean, I think it relates to, um, you know, any kind of diversity hire um, that um, people just need to be become more aware. Um, and I think the I can't find them um, discussion is just because they are so narrow in terms of the definition of what's going to be successful or what they're looking for. And I just think that we just have to just bust that up and start looking at non-traditional channels and giving people um, with different levels of experience um, or from different cultures and different backgrounds opportunities to succeed. And, you know, if we don't, then we're not gonna, I mean, you know, I'm here going on, what, 33, 34 years, and I haven't seen that much change. And, and frankly, Katie, I don't wanna be here another 30 years from now having the same conversation or, you know, the women that I've mentored and, and put into sales. I certainly hope that what we're doing will help um, make the world a little bit better than it is is today. And um, that we're, you know, that we're opening up doors so that we can change, change the conversation. I, I highly recommend continuing to reach out, but don't be annoying about it, right? So I'm of the notion of the best way, I think, is if they are posting content and they are engaging, then you have to keep engaging with them on their content. I mean, that's like the easiest way to do it because we all love when people engage with our content. I mean, it helps us, right? So you're already going to make a quick friend when you're helping people out, you know, with that. So um, if they're not posting content, though, then I would still continue to, you know, reach out and message them uh, in, you know, five days or something with something else, you know, try to continue the conversation. And then again, the multi-touch approach, pick up the phone, email them. You just, you have to do it in a way that's, again, not desperate and not annoying, but you can't just send them one message and expect, you know, to go from there. It just doesn't work that way anymore. You have to stay engaged. And that's why, you know, you mentioned in uh, one of the episodes I listened to recently, like the, the power of CRM. This is why it's so important to keep track of what you're doing. And even in Sales Navigator, you can leave notes. So you can, you know, and you can link that with Salesforce and you can have the note show up. So sent connection request, you know, accept it on this date, send a message, hasn't had a response yet. Like you need to have notes of when you need to follow up. Like you can't rely, like you said, like you can't rely on your brain to remember all of this, you know, like it's so important to document this, but I'm a big fan of just continuing to reach out and continuing to try to provide value. Maybe send a link, maybe say, you know, I came across this article, thought you would find it helpful, like leverage content to send it to them. You don't have to be like asking questions all the time to try to get a sales conversation. Like if you come across something that's valuable and based on what you, the little you know about their company, send it to them. Hey, came across this today on XYZ, thought you might find it helpful. Don't say anything else, just send a link. You know, it's very simple, but it's coming from a place of value. And that's the whole point of what we're trying to accomplish here. Once someone tells you their goals, you have to ask them, 
What will change by accomplishing? What will change by accomplishing that goal? How will achieving that goal make you feel? What will achieving this goal allow you to do you can't do now? Because this is the reason why they need to hit their goals. Because for most people, they don't ever set a goal. For those that do set a goal, they never come up with a plan. For those that do set a goal and come up with a plan but then don't stick with it, the number one reason why people don't achieve their goals is they don't have a reason why to achieve their goals. If nothing changes, nothing changes. If you don't feel differently, can't live differently, can't do things differently, there's no reason to accomplish that goal. So that's why goals are so important. You need to have professional goals, income, title, skill, personal goals, lifestyle, vacation, home, how you're living, where you're living, where you're spending your money, and then your reasons why. Once you have those things lined up, you'll be shocked at how much easier it is to motivate, hold people accountable, and most importantly, come up with a plan. And so we're gonna talk about here real quick how to deal with rejection when it occurs. Okay, now the first step in this is actually knowing that it is going to occur, right? It's gonna happen, and just accepting that is a big step, because so often we're actually hoping it doesn't happen, which makes it even worse when it does, versus the acceptance of, I'm going to get rejected, I'm going to be told no, helps ease it when it does happen, because your brain has already had some time to process it, versus when we're always thinking like, I hope I don't get rejected, I hope I don't get this, you know, objection, I hope I don't get yelled at on the phone, like whatever else, it's actually setting us up for more pain when it does. So the first step for rejection is accepting it is going to occur. But then the second step is having a plan in place on what you're going to do when it happens. Because otherwise you're just completely caught off guard. Every day, every day I'm writing down at least three things that I am grateful. What am I grateful for? What am I thankful for? Starting the day with gratitude. And interestingly enough, y'all, there's actually a lot of science behind this too, in terms of gratitude, helping rewire our brain to see the good in the world. There is plenty of bad going on in the world. And if that's all we look at, that's all we see. Whereas if you start to find things to be grateful for, it changes your perspective on the world, right? It makes you a more positive person and positivity drives results in all areas of our life. So the first is gratitude. Every morning, two to three things, what am I grateful for? And being serious about it as well. 